Hello, everybody. Before we start today's podcast, I just want to talk about our charity spotlight, magickids.org. Magickids.org is a 501c3 charity based out of Rochester, Minnesota. They have a goal of putting your unused cards to work to help educate kids on how to play Magic the Gathering. They believe teaching a kid Magic the Gathering will help them with important life skills like critical thinking, reading, and math. They send out these kits from your donated cards called Magic Kits eh, to volunteer teachers and mentors to use to then teach the kids. The, the teachers and mentors use the Magic Kids curriculum called Sort, Build, Play. And what that is, is when the teachers receive the kits, the kids then go through the kits to sort the cards to become more familiar with the cards, see what they like. They then use those cards that they like to build a deck, and then they use those decks to play each other. Sort, build, play. Now, there are a couple ways that you can help out Magic Kids by donating your unused cards, sending some money their way, or becoming a volunteer, mentor, or teacher. To learn more about them and get some more information on how to donate your cards, money, or your time, go check them out at magickids.org or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And from that, let's hit the intro. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your host, Matt Olson. Hello and welcome to This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. I am your host, Matt Olson. Next to me is your very janky of old janky boggles, JB. Hi there. And to him, we have... Danny Oakstead. What's up? So uh, we got a we got a pretty big show to talk about today, guys. Uh, some very exciting news uh, for all you at home. Uh, the, how this show is going to be set up for y'all is we're going to talk about uh, hit hit some finance points. Talk about the recap of previous of the previous weekend magic events. Then we'll move into the meat and potatoes of the news topics, which there are plenty of meat and potatoes. And then we'll uh, cap it off with a deck of the week. With this week's finance, we take our finance information from the amazing site, mtgstocks.com. Uh, they got a lot of good finance information and stuff on there. Go check them out when you're done with this. Uh, they also do a very good write-up called the Weekly Winners. And for the second week of the year, we have the Weekly Winners here for you. To start things off, we have... Hermit Druid, that saw a 107% price increase, now sitting at just under 19 bucks. <sighs> this card, what can we say about this card other than it's like Combo Graveyard City here? And people have been speculating this as well with the new Thassa's Oracle to like empty out your library so that way you can get closer to that Devotion Wincon. Or the use of the J's where no, no cards in the library you win. Yep, that, that was a classic one uh, prior with uh, Laboratory Maniac with that. Next in the finance section, we have, or in the weekly winners, we have Goblin Rabble Master, which saw an 89% increase, now sitting at just under 10 bucks. Mono Red Aggro is always going to be a good thing. And in uh, Pioneer, Mono Red is still a very potent thing, and currently Mono Red Agro is the number one deck in the Pioneer meta. 
there's an interesting deck. I actually got it. I'll probably cut this part out here, but uh, Jeremy, you remember him? Mm-hmm. He posted up and made like the big Chungus red deck in Pioneer. Really? Yeah, that was him that like really that fronted it at. Uh, so Killigerm is his uh, tag on MTGO. Okay. And the uh, chunky red, the chunky red. He got that going, and uh, he uh, he he's the one that like pioneered this uh, <gasps> chunky, chunky red chunky red deck. So go check out uh, Killigerm for some awesome uh, deck techs and like uh, his insight on the pioneer format. Uh, finally, we have. Cavalier of Thorns seeing a another whopping 102% increase. This little card is sitting at 12 bucks. This is uh, Pioneer's number three deck uh, in the meta. Uh, most of the decks play four copies of Cavalier of Thorns. Like It is a graveyard engine for sure. So people are using Euro to help ramp into Cavalier Thorns to fill the graveyard to then cast Euro again. And there's some other like spicy red green decks that like use this to feed into your graveyard so that way you can breach from the underworld, get get resources and stuff in there for that. So this is seeing an uh, increase in that uh, because of those cards. All right. So now up we've got our cheap pickups for the week. First up is uh, Oko Thief of Crowns coming in at 30 bucks, record low and going down hard. I think this is based on a speculation of an upcoming ban and restricted announcement. Wink, Everybody's wink. selling out. It's finally. Finally, hopefully. Specking on Let's that. Keep Maybe. your fingers crossed. And then uh, next up, we've got a Murderous Rider coming in at 599 record low and bottomed out. I don't know. I thought this card was going to be... You know, worth more. Everybody spec this thing out to be pretty much a workhorse, and it's kind of fell flat. I'm a little surprised. Price-wise, but, like, you got those Sultai decks that are still running it, and, like, Mono Black Devotion, when it comes out, like, this is probably going to see a spike for sure in that. You can't tell me that. You can't tell me that any Mono Black Devotion is not going to want removal and a two-devotion yeah. pip. Murder attached to a body. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the name. But um, <laughs> all right. And then next up, we have Iona Shield of Ameria coming in at five sixty six, record low and going down. This one got banned in Commander a while ago, and I think that might be half of the reason why it's dropping so bad. Half the reason is pretty much the only reason. <laughs> you had like, uh, you got some like modern decks that like poly- mass polymorph into Iona and yeah, stuff. And they're, like they're not fun. I've played against that. That is not fun when you get color locked. Right, and that's really about like where you'd only see it in some fringe legacy decks as well. So it's good to know that this thing is like dropped super a lot. Like the thing was like just under twenty bucks in August, and <laughs> and now it's like just under six. I thought about picking up a couple just for fun. So all these uh, data points from MTG stocks were uh, were accurate as of Friday, January 9th. Uh, we are now recording Monday, January thirteenth. So uh, prices have changed since then, as you could tell by some of our sarcasm when we were talking about Oko. <laughs> hint, hint, there's going to be some big news about that in the meat and potatoes. So now we move over to the events portion of the show where we talk about uh, the previous events that happened. So we had two events going over this last weekend. We had Magic Fest in Austin um, with Chris Kevin Dreva. 
believe that's how you say his last name, won it with his Titan Field deck. And then we have the SCG Knoxville event that happened this weekend too. And Aaron Barrick won it this year with Golgari Yagmoth. This one's a super spicy list. Yep. Un- undying with Yagmoth to draw cards and just gain life, draw cards, get advantage, and then go into Drolf's Messenger to try and drain your opponent out. They did a SCG did a deck tech on this. Like, go check out SCG.com uh, for uh, on YouTube. Go check them out. It's one of the recent videos that they posted up there with the deck tech with Aaron. It is super solid. It's a very good deck tech. It looks super fun. It's starting to go up in price now, too. Yagmoth, little side note, jumped up 100% since this tournament. I'm just excited that Boggles top aided. Boggles made it Screw in top four. Boggles. Let's get back on the rails here. <laughs> <laughs> and upcoming events. Uh, we have Magic Fest New Jersey happening the 24th and 26th of this month in Meadowlands Exposition Center. Um, May event is going to be a throne of... Well, it's Thrones not Beyond. thrones. It's Theros Beyond Death Limited. Like all Magic Fest, this is jam-packed with a bunch of side events of varying formats and events. Uh, check out the schedule at www cfeevents.com backslash events backslash mtg new jersey and then also don't forget to check out uh, starter city game event fighters for some iqs in your area so that way you can start racking up some star city points make it to some invitationals and yeah start hopefully make some... the circuit yeah man that'd be super cool live the dream live in the magic dream and now from our previous events we are going to move up to the news, the meat, the potatoes. So let's uh, start off with some quickies here. First and foremost, we have the full spoiler of Theros Beyond Death. All the cards have now been officially spoiled. And so there's just a lot of good cards coming out. And, oh, man, it, this this is a super exciting set. I'm excited to draft this on all this stuff. This this looks like a very solid set. All the cards are great. The interactions with enchantments are super fun. Super powerful cards for constructed as well are coming from this. Like standard format's gonna get a little change up here for sure. Pioneers are gonna be seeing some stuff. For those <laughs> MTGO players, Theros Beyond Death is gonna be releasing January sixteenth for it's their pre release. So event. will Arena. Yes. I already have my sets ordered. Yeah, we're going to jump into the arena news here shortly Whale. after this. Uh, so you'd be able to uh, draft on MTGO, Theros, and then you would be able to use those cards for constructive play over the weekend coming up. Uh, another quickie, there's some minor rule changes with gold. So the rule clarification for gold tokens now reads, this is by, how do you say his name, Eli? Eli? So the rules for the gold tokens now reads, according to Eli Sheffrin, this is the role that defines a gold token, like how it was brand new subtitle, a subtype, and a mana ability and 79 electrons. Keep in mind that gold tokens boil around 3,000 degrees Celsius, even though it isn't written in the rules. So try and keep them out of direct sunlight if you're playing in Arizona or anywhere in the area. I fucking love their sense of humor. (laughs) (laughs) it's great text and to wrap off the quickie section here there's some new erratas uh for the beloved noble type krovax 
uh, has three separate prints, and all three of those have now had added the subtype Noble to all those Crovex. And the final uh, card to receive the Noble typing is Earl of Squirrels. Earl of Squirrels is now a Squirrel Noble Advisor. Who's Earl the Squirrel? Earl Squirrels. Yeah. It's who's riding on your playmat. No, it's not who's riding on his playmat. It's um, it's an unhinged card that came out last year. Legendary creature. It's super cool. It's actually yeah. pretty strong. It's a six mana four four with squirrel link. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty cool. I love unhinged sets so much. Oh, this guy. Yep. So check out his type now. Squirrel, squirrel advisor. <gasps> they haven't added. The, they haven't updated the noble yet. <gasps> oh no. And this is on gatherer. How dare yep. they? He's a very noble squirrel. He's a very noble squirrel. Yeah, he has a throne in his. He even has maidens or servants. Mm-hmm. The that look like rabbits. After those quickies, we got a couple large topics here to like talk about. Uh, first one that we're gonna discuss and uh, talk about is Magic Legends just dropped a gameplay trailer, and also uh, Game Informer has it as their cover story this month. Uh, Game Informer had a podcast out for the Game Informer show where they talked about their experience playing Magic Legends and it was some solid footage that they were showing there as well. Uh, go give it a check out if you want to like watch the gameplay footage. But here's some highlights from that. Magic Legends is going to be a free-to-play game. Uh, there's going to be there's still current consideration on what the monetization is going to look like. There'll be character customization, deck building, PvP. Uh, the story takes place before War of the Spark. Ooh, you want to talk about the AI system? Yeah, so the AI system is uh, is called the director. And how the director is going to function in this gameplay is the better you're doing in the game, uh, the director increases the difficulty for you. Uh, and it also does it in the opposite as well. Like if you're not doing as good, it lowers the level down. And this is also on top of like easy medium hard level that is already incorporated in the game so it like flexes along with your learning curve so you just can't be a guy who knows what he's doing play on easy and just roll through it yeah it automatically just picks up uh difficulty on you if you just start blasting through and uh thing with this also is like it has parties of three it's a lot they, uh, the people on Game Informer were talking about that it's definitely a lot more fun to be playing with three people. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, a couple different modes that you can choose, like dens and stuff, or uh, dungeons that you can like crawl through. Like there's a quick ten minute dungeon that you can do to get like some rewards. Mm-hmm. And how the rewards are made in, are are set up in this game, according to them, is when you there's no loot; it's just the shards. Is it just loot? Is yep. it health, okay. health, mana, and shards. Okay. So how the deck construction is going to work is, for those of you have who have played Clash Royale, uh, according to Game Informer, the card system is kind of set up in that manner where cards have a mana value. You have mana that generates over time when you mana generates up to a certain amount that corresponds with whatever card you want to use uh, out of four from your hotkeys, you then use it, that uses up the mana, it recharges, and that's uh, that's how the deck 
the deck play is supposedly going to be working with this. And I guess the shards are for leveling up your cards. Yes. Instead of like, you know, versus getting new ones, it's their your level up currency per se. Yeah, so you can get like uh, summon level two by collecting more shards of said summon level. I highly recommend that you all check out the video. I watched it. It was super cool. The gameplay is very legit. The graphics were super smooth. You got to summon big rock monsters. There's ways to like when you buff the thing with when you buff up one of your summons, they actually get larger. Ooh, which is kind of like cool it. to think about. And see, it reminds me of Diablo. Yeah, I that get was, that vibe, and I love Diablo. That's uh, one thing that they compared it to as well. Uh, with waypoints, uh, they say think Diablo three that allow mm-hmm. you to teleport between areas quickly. So. I don't know, I'm pretty hyped for this. I'm pretty sure we're going to throw it in our rotation of gameplay here. Oh, easily. Heck yeah. So the open beta, uh, people are speculating that it's going to be coming out uh, Q2. So again, go to magiclegends.com slash beta to sign up so that way you can get signed up and play the beta. Hopefully. And um, from there, we move to the Magic Arena state of the game article from Wizards of the Coast. The update is coming January 16th. A couple things that are happening is with the update, we're getting Theros Theros Beyond Death update. With that, they're not going to be the Nyx full art basic lands in the game right away. More information is going to be coming out later about those. So, old cards coming out, but no Nyx lands. Other exciting news is that Magic Arena is coming to the Epic Game Store. It's just more ways to be able to play the game. Uh, this way is supposed to be easier for Mac users, um, I'm, in, I'm, I'm told. Or you could just throw the Mac out the window and buy an actual computer. Exactly. Tell us how you really feel. Apple should be thrown in the garbage. Doesn't matter what it is, should be thrown in the garbage. I mean, what do you do when you're done eating an apple? Throw it away. So a new thing that's also getting added is collection first and new tags with your cards. And how these are going to be represented is when you first open a pack, there's going to be a highlighted tag around the card that says on top first, uh, indicating that this is the first time you open this card and you now have it in your collection. And then when you're searching through your collection, there are going to be those same highlighted uh, highlighted cards, except instead of first, it says new, as these are the new cards to your collection. Along with the update, we're also getting new sorting options with sorting through your decks uh, by favorites and last played. That's pretty straightforward. You just select the option of last played. It shows you your decks that you last played a couple times. And then you can like select which ones are your favorites with a drop-down menu. We got a couple new events also coming back in Arena. The return of Brawladays. Brawladays was something that they did last month. It is 10,000 gold to get in, and then you do unlimited brawls. You get in unlimited brawl queues, and this month's feature reward is Talarin Sky Summoner. Super fun card. Mono blue. Just instant sorcery. All that good stuff. I like it a lot. And then the update closes with uh, Wizards. Got a wizard's roadmap of what is to come for Magic Arena. So the coming soon is clearly Theros Beyond Death is going to be coming out 
in uh, a couple days, along with the, the Epic Game Store release and the deck builder uh, updates. That should all be on the 16th, as is stated on their website. Correct. Uh, stuff that are in development right now from Wizards is they're working on getting friend messaging, in-game messaging, uh, so that way you can like uh, directly DM a person inside the game. They're working on Ikora Lair Behemoths, Core 21. They got Historic Anthology coming out, too, as well, in development. Uh, no information on that. We're going to definitely keep you up to date on that when we find out more. Should be a good card selection on that. Some cool things that Wizards is also doing is their concept stuff with Arena, which they hear people's pleas. One of the big, biggest things with people in Arena is the drafting. They're working on an eight-person draft where you actually draft against people instead of bots. So that's pretty exciting and very uplifting that they're working on something like that. Also, they have the Pioneers. Uh, they're going to try and get Pioneer into Arena with a release of Pioneer set remasters. That actually sounds kind of fun. That might get me back into Arena again for a little bit. I've been kind of a little stale on it lately. So is that just going to be the sets they don't have um, of Pioneer sets? Not too many details are out about it, but we can definitely speculate that they would be taking some of the more prominent Pioneer cards that are not currently in Arena and do like a Masters uh, a Masters Pioneer Master? Set. Yeah. Pioneer Stir? Ultimate Pioneer. <laughs> yes. And so with that ends the state of the game for Arena. And I don't know, guys. Was there anything else that uh, happened today that you know of? I'm pretty sure a card that we all love to hate is no longer available for gameplay. Ooh, what is this? I don't know where my cheat went. Where is it? <laughs> Which one is it on? Uh, so it looks like we got our uh, ban restricted announcement coming up then, huh? Maybe. Maybe not. We'll find out. We have three, count them, three major changes to only one format. All modern. modern. First up. Mox Opal. Banned. Up next is. Mycosynth Lattice. Banned. And finally, we have. Oko, Thief of Crowns. Banned. Finally. God, it only took him how long to ban this card? Here, I thought we were going to have an Oko winner right after Hogak Summer. I told you what, week last week, they're going to ban it. Only took how long, though? That's the thing. That, that is true, but I mean, was it 7 out of 10 decks of every event has had Oko in it? Yep. Yeah. So... On Wizards official statement on their site, over the last several weeks, base blue-green decks using Urza Lord High Artificer have risen to the top in competitive modern, earning the most 5-0 trophies in MTGO league play and maintaining a non-near-match win percentage of more than 55%. And that's a thing for Wizards. They don't want decks to be having that high of a percentage win rate. They want more, you know, Diversity and stuff. 45% is their, what, their target. So with those base green-blue decks, Okathief of Crowns has become the most played card in competitive modern with an inclusive rate of 
approaching 40% of decks in recent league play and tabletop tournaments. This is all quoted from the article here. In addition to having a high overall power level, Oko has proven to reduce metagame diversity and diversity of gameplay patterns in modern. In order to improve the health of gameplay and to weaken Urza decks and other top decks, Oko Thief of Crowns is banned in modern. Thank you. So yeah, like definitely reducing diversity of decks is something Wizards doesn't want. They want all their cards to be getting played with. And if forty percent of the decks have Oko in it, that doesn't sound too diverse to me. A three drop planeswalker that destroys your stuff without destroying it sucks. Just nullifies it, man. Nothing worse than getting like your big beater creature just elked. So <laughs> right. it was already proven uh, too powerful in standard, in brawl, in pioneer. And I feel like this this proves the fact definitively that Oko Thief of Crowns is the most powerful planeswalker in all of Magic the Gathering. He's just busted. Jace, pass your crown. Oko took it. You no longer have it. Like Jace the Mind Sculptor being the big, strongest planeswalker has now been dethroned by Oko with all this stuff. But he did steal the crown. Exactly. <laughs> so I feel that Oko is definitely... Uh, proven to be number one planeswalker, and this just proves it. Like Jace is back in modern. Like the only reason why he was on the ban list in the first place was because he just got banned in standard. And when modern was made, they're just like, let's pour over the standard ban list into modern. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't made too many waves. That now, that could completely change. Now there could be more room because the diversity is supposed to open up without Oko now, and maybe Jace will start to have a foot in metagames now maybe but there's been it's been long enough that people have found those answers for jace or no no ways around jace yeah four man is still pretty slow i'd say he's yeah, a powerful spe- card especially for modern nowadays modern is turn three turn four win while jace is almost too late for that yeah don't get me wrong still a powerful card he'll definitely see play so let's talk a little bit about mox opal and wizard's reason of banning that Now moving on to Mox Opal, again, this is quoting from the article. As a source of fast mana in early game, Mox Opal has long contributed to strategies that seek to end the game quickly and suddenly, whether with explosive attacks or one-turn win combos or by locking out an opponent with prison elements. When none of these decks previously warranted a ban of Mox Opal, it has historically been part of decks that approach problematic impact on the metagame or indeed or in or did indeed necessitate other bans. As the strongest enabler of the current Urza artifact decks and a card that has been concerning in the past and would likely cause balance issues is the in the future, Mox Opal is banned in modern. Well, not much to say with that like affinity is definitely a little sad affinity players are definitely sad at losing this piece like supposedly affinity is one of the only decks from the first modern gp to recent day that has survived as this long without a ban that's crazy and i don't know if that like includes the uh artifact lands now that i come to think of it. it's like those got a ban hammer on those early on the artifact lands like Whispering Vault, Seed of the Synods. Yeah. Yeah. So I might have to check my sources on that. Please don't quote me. I'll double check and we'll post updates. 
But a good replacement for that, like a little tidbit of finance here, pick up those Mox Ambers maybe? It's gonna I don't know. I mean, they banned Mox Opal as a, a hit against Urza, but I honestly, these decks I think are going to survive through at least one or two more bannings before that deck dies. Yeah, they got Mox Opal and they got Mistress Bobble as your zero drop. Well, they don't have Mox Opal anymore. Mox Amber, my bad. They still got Mox Amber. Too many Moxin. And lastly, for the modern bands, we've got Mycosynth Lattice. So, quoting the article again here, Lastly, we'd like to take this opportunity to address another problematic interaction between Karn the Great Creator and Mycosynth Lattice. This combination, popular in Eldrazi and other Tron decks, can completely lock the opponent out from casting further spells. Yes, it can. Not fun. It's gross. While decks featuring this combination often win in other ways, the deck building cost to include this interaction is low, causing it to show up more often than is fun in competitive play. As a result, we're banning Mycosynth Lattice in Modern. Thank you and good riddance is what I say. Yeah, this is uh, this is keeping to Wizard wanting to have more interactive games, and Mycosynth Lattice with Karn always would have the possibility of creating a non-game with your opponent not being able to interact anymore. So no one really saw this one coming, but they wanted to nip this one in the butt before the potential meta game shift now with Oko and Mox Opal being banned. They just not only they probably want to just nip into the butt. So that way they didn't later down the road have to address it. Let me tell you being lattice locked is not fun. It's not fun at all. No, it's not. I think we can all agree on that. There is one last note with the BNR in Pioneer. No bans are restricted, but a little note for people to keep an eye on, and Wizards is also keeping an eye on. Uh, they're aware of the community buzz that's coming around from Walking Ballista and Heliod Suncrown as being an infinite combo. Uh, they're going to wait for a couple player tours and Grand Prix before they start uh, looking into that. So currently when that gets released, you'll have time to play with it for a little bit longer. So just be aware that's something that they're looking on. If you're going to be investing heavily into Walking Ballistas for a Pioneer deck with Heliod, uh, think it through maybe is the only thing I'd say. So I think that's a good amount of news for this time, guys. Mm -hmm. So from the news, let's close off with our deck of the week here that was found by JB. Yay. JB linked an article done, written by Emma Partlow on Soul Sisters, a Soul Sisters build. It's always always nice to like talk about decks in modern, this is another modern deck, always nice to talk about decks that are non-Urza built decks or Titan decks. So let's give a little light to some Soul Sisters here, which is actually not too far off of being budget, just a little over $100 here. Which, I mean, that's not bad when it comes to a modern price tag, I don't think. Yeah, especially for the full sideboard. Yeah, I mean, this is the full 75. The whole premise of Soul Sisters is you have Souls Warden and Souls Attendant. When creatures ETB, you gain a life. The whole thing is to gain a bunch of life and outlife your opponent, make big beaters with Ajani's Pride Mate that gets plus one counters from gaining life. One of my personal favorites. I love that card. It's a 12-cent card. I jam it into a lot of things. Any white deck. 
Sarah's Ascendant is another beater in there. Ranger of Eos is used to find all these one because these all the cards that we listed so far, except for Ashani's Primate, are one drops. Souls Warden, Souls Attendant, uh, Sarah's Ascendant are all one drops. Even the Martyr, Martyr is one drop as well. What I don't get is I'm just a little. I don't know if maybe this is just for budget reasons or what, but uh, the the Squadron Hawks. I I I think you'd want the Healer Hawk over the Squadron Hawk, wouldn't you? This finds all those and I mean, I suppose, your yeah. you're just guaranteed those creature drops. But at least, heal, I mean, Healer's Hawk's a one-drop. You can tutor that up with the Ranger. Plus, it has lifelink. Hence, you're adding more life gain. I don't know. I mean, I suppose if you wanted to go that route. Definitely true. That's uh, definitely an interchange someone could do for probably the same price. I mean, I don't think that those Squadron Hawks and the Healer's Hawks are too far apart. No, nah, they can't be. Yeah, uh, Squadron Hawks are 18 cents. Healer Hawks are probably in the same ballpark. Uh, with that as well, I don't know about uh, Ranger Captain Ranger of Eos as a possible, like, maybe one of, because it also tutors for a one drop, but only one, not two. But you can stop control play by sacking it to stop your opponents from casting non-creature spells. So if I don't know if maybe like a sideboard piece to like replace with a ranger of Eos or maybe like go from three ranger to two ranger to one captain ranger, possibly. Yeah, These are just thoughts. Be a bad, bad swap out. And uh, Emma also talks about in, uh, in here about some possible upgrades coming from Theros Beyond Death of Heliod's, Heliod Sun Crown, of course. Pumping up your guys because you're just gaining a bunch of life there. My main man. And Daxos, blessed by the sun, as another soul sister, essentially, because it it triggers on ETB as well to gain a life, and it also triggers when a creature dies to gain a life. The best thing ever. So in her article, she has a priced-up version. Uh, we'll just leave that there for you to go check out. Uh, we're just going to kind of like talk. We just wanted to talk about the budget side of it. Uh, we will link all this stuff in the description here for you to check out. And that will be our deck of the week. So from that, you fellas got anything else to add? Not this week. Sell your Okos. Or keep them. You do what you got to do. Burn them ceremoniously? I don't know. Hopefully you all decide to come back next week for more magic news from your trusted magic source this week in MTG. Now... Kick that outro. Bye, Elko. Thanks, guys, again for listening to this podcast. Please go to thisweekinmtg.com for more information. You can also subscribe on your favorite platform like Spotify, Apple, or Google, or even any of the other platforms that are out there. We're literally everywhere. On Tuesday, every Tuesday, we're going to have new information. Wait, what's going on? It's Matt again. Did he just crack an Elko? Probably. Does he know that it's banned in every format, basically? Probably not. We're not going to tell him. I think we should keep it this way. Let's do it. Did you guys see this Oko? Oh, God.